Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Take a seat. So it's gone a bit cold, hasn't it, the weather? There we go. But it wakes you up a little bit if you're staying it long enough. So I'm hoping to finish this series on dreaming and looking at the, the life of Joseph. Uh, Joel the prophet in the Old Testament is a minor prophet. What's the difference between a major prophet like Isaiah or Ezekiel and a minor prophet like Habakkuk or Joel? There's no difference in one's more important than the other. It just means one's got more words in and more chapters and one's got less. That's all it is. Joel chapter 2 says this, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I want to be a church. I want to build a church of dreamers. And so often we look at life and we look at what we want in life, where we're going in life, and we can't afford it. And so we stop at that point at our resources. But faith is given to us so that we will use our faith. So sometimes we haven't got the money for whatever it is that we need. So think whatever it is that you need, a physical thing that you need. Let's just, let's just or that you want, say. Let's just say it's a car, right? I'm not a big car fan, to be fair. I'm a, more of a property fan. Well, let's say it's a property then. I can get excited about that. So a property near a beach in Spain, Mercia, and I've seen it. But I haven't got the money for it. I haven't even got the... Well, I could, I could wangle the deposit. I, you know, human ingenuity and all that, lot and charm. I could get the deposit, but I haven't got the, the rest. And because I've just bought one in France, it's almost like, well, don't be greedy. Well, I'm not being greedy. It's just a desire. Yeah? You just mark that desire off. God, can I have this desire? Am I allowed this type thing? And God wants to give us... Doesn't it say freely along with... His, if he didn't spare his only son, how will he not along with him, freely give us all things. Right. So, I, so I, what I can do is I can just halt my dream or this desire on the inside. Who gives us desires? Yeah. And sometimes our flesh gives us desires, so we have to, we have to discern. Yeah? I'm going on to another talk. This is my next series. <laughs> but what I'm trying to get you to see is if you haven't got it, we tend to say, oh, well, never mind, but I'd have loved that. You know, that would have been great. This is where you meant... To, to exercise faith, because faith is the cash in heaven. Right. You see, money is the, is, is, is the medium on earth, but faith is the cash for heaven. Right. And so it's faith that will bring down that car that you want. It's faith that will, because it's waiting for you. It's faith that will get you that property, yeah? yeah? I know I'm talking double Dutch to the carnal mind, or some of you might think this is all American. It's not, it's Middle Eastern, it's biblical, and it's Jesus' mind. God says, I call things that are not as though they were. He talks about it like it's happened. So if, if God was me today, we're saying, that, that apartment I've got in Spain. And if people had to investigate, you haven't, you fake, you have not got a, a, a property in Spain. But Jesus would say, but I call things that are not as though they were. So you've got to live as though you've got that place in Spain. You've got to move towards it. If they spend your cash on loads of other stuff, just say, I'm serious about this, I'm going to save it. Well, it's only 50 quid, what's 50 quid going to do? No, 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 you put it to one side. Why? Because you have to move into the direction of your vision and your dream. I've gone to my conclusion. 
Good night. God bless. That was it. But hopefully we'll get to it, yeah? Okay, dreamers. Time magazine ran an article on, uh, on rising activists, artists, and athletes. And there was a guy, uh, a black Parisian called Kylian Mbappe. I think that's what he's called. And uh, Mbappe is 19 years old, and he's played in the World Cup, and he's scored in the World Cup. Do you know he made half a million dollars in his World Cup thing? I, 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 I don't know whether he got half a million for scoring the goal, but he gave it to all the kids that were brought up where he was brought up on the outskirts of uh, outskirts of Paris, and um, and, and uh, uh, it's the ghetto place, and so. You know, he's, he's, he's sent some money there. You said, well, he's got loads of money. That's, you know, half a million is nothing to him. Yes, it is. Yeah. Half a million is half a million. Because yeah. when you've got dreams, you, your dreams grow bigger. Yeah. And you want more. You need more. Yeah. But he, he's giving him a good lad. You know, 19-year-old. And um, he's, he's paid now, I think it's 1.3 million a month. Wow. Wow. It might even be 1.3 million a week. You just don't know with these guys. 1.3 uh, well, it's one, it's, I think it works out at 1.2 million pounds a month. I'd be happy for it to be a month, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, that's just amazing. But I think it could even be a week. And um, so you can imagine people that care for people are worried for him. Because he's a good lad, he's 19 years old. So the question is, what kind of football player will he become? Will fame and riches turn him into one of uh, the, uh, the game's adored wonder kind? who soon flames out? Or can he remain grounded enough to grow into his skills and become a role model to football-loving kids around the world? To grow into his skills. You see, when you move into your vision or your dreams, you become a different person. And I don't mean like a bad person or a good... You you become a bigger person because you've, you've gone the distance with something. But you know, you can stay like Freddie Starr most of you won't know Freddie Starr, but he was a comedian and an impersonator and stuff like that. He's an amazing, amazing fella. But he refused to change with the times and he kept impersonating the same people. But the new generation didn't know who them people were. And he was impersonated, brilliant Elvis impersonator. He, made, he shocked Muhammad Ali, frightened him to death on Michael Parkinson's show. He did, he did outrageous things, but he could mimic so many people. And um, his problem is... He, didn't work, he did work at his skills, but he didn't work at transforming and reaching a new generation. And that's the story of everything that fell. It's the story of the church. Why are there not many churches like ours? Well, there are now. There's absolutely shed loads now. And they are growing. And they never get talked about. People say the church is declining. That's the traditional churches. We're growing. You know, was it... Um, what was the president of uh, um, uh, Mandela? He said... You know, when, uh, when, when criticised and asked the question, um, why isn't your politics working now that you're, you're in power? And he's looking as if to say, goodness me, it's took decades to get to this mess. Yeah. You know, did you think a few years is going to change? But he said this, he said, many falling trees. Uh, what, 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 what did he say? Oh, yeah. Uh, many falling trees make more noise than new trees, one new tree growing. Right. They don't make a noise when they're growing, do they? They only make a noise when they're falling down. He says, and many falling trees make more noise than one single tree that's growing. In other words, it might not look much, but there, are, there is growth. Yeah. Wow. 
and uh, all the stuff you can hear all clamoring around you, they are falling, they are coming down. So, just to recap from weeks before, oh, Sally, sorry, two things to learn from, from Ndepi's story. Don't blame your environment for your lack of success. He came from the ghettos on the outskirts of Paris. And don't get drunk on your initial success, but press on to develop attitudes and skills that will give you a life that will, that will sustain and grow your success, not diminish it. Because when you get success, it's like, I'm going to get a car, I'm going to get this, I'm going to move to a different area. It's like, do, 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 do. Stay where you are, save the money. Yeah. You know, hold up, don't try, you, you, you know, what is it? Delayed gratification, hold, hold. And, 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 and you know, let, establish your dream, establish your skills, get your systems in place. It's like having a new baby, you've got to get your systems in place because it's new. And you've, you've got to get your washing, your drying. Drying's a nightmare in our culture. You're washing, you're drying, you're storing of the drying, then the ironing, and then the putting away. It's the putting away that's a killer. <laughs> Five things about your dream. Number one, your dream will distinguish you. Number two, your dream will release your potential. Number three, your dream will encourage you. Number four, encourage means to put courage into. Number four, your dream will affect prevailing attitudes. And number five, your dream will motivate you. Millions of people today have dreams but no money to obtain them. And they stop there. And I want a church that sees the invisible, yeah. believes the incredible, and it attempts the impossible. But you can do that by faith. Yeah. That's why it's important to know when the Holy Spirit moves in. He's with us anyway. But he can just, he's with us, he's in us, but then he can walk in and bring an, an atmosphere. And you've got to understand more and more about how the Holy Spirit operates so that you don't quench or grieve the Spirit, you flow with him. You know, I'm working on a thought. I've had it for years, but I'm just working on it. I've resurrected it in my mind where God says, go and buy it. And you say, I can't afford it. He said, no, I told you to buy it. I didn't tell you to pay for it. Yeah. That's his job. Yeah. My God will supply all it. Oh. Honestly, if you read the Bible, you'd be absolutely amazed what's in there. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Right. Who's going to supply the need? <laughs> It's nerve-wracking. I've been rejected by so many banks. It's good to go to banks and get rejected. It's like being single. Go and get rejected a few times and you get over that. You know, go and get roughed up and then you're not scared anymore. I can remember going into banks and this woman, she just, she liked me at first, but then she couldn't help me. She re, this is during the credit crunch. And I'd go in and she would say, do you want a coffee? And I'd go, oh, I'd love a coffee. She didn't want to give me a coffee. She wanted to get rid of me. But I'd booked an appointment. And uh, so they took me on to the second floor and we had this guy stirring me coffee, <laughs> thinking, come on, Lord, we can do this. <laughs> but you see, you've got to get used to it. Because I were all like, I represent the church and, and Jesus and I'm, you know, I want to get everything right. And you've got to relax. You, Jesus was a friend of Jesus. So relax and become yourself. Yeah? We've got to have a go at a few things. So praying for money doesn't work too well. I don't know whether you've noticed that. It's like more hit and miss. Why? Because prayer is the wrong seed for money. Work. Work is the seed for money. It's funny that, isn't it? We're all waiting for something ma magical. But work is the seed for money. Okay. Some of the most spiritual people on earth are broke. And I don't want us to be like that where they've got loads of answers, but nothing seems to happen in their life. There's no dynamic there. There's no change. But they can put the world to right, but their life is, is like that. It's tiny. 
it's really tiny. It's so tiny, it's embarrassing. It's so tiny, what I'd say to those kind of people is, shh, go on, until you've, until you've got God or your faith, let's put it this way, until you've got your faith working for you and this transformation, stop trying to tell people how to get their life sorted out. Because, you know, people are not stupid. They're not as stupid as you are. Clearly, I'm not speaking to anybody here. <laughs> they're not as stupid as you. They've worked out because they look at your life and they just think, oh, if it was so brilliant, what's the matter? Yeah? yeah. And I want to speak to those who are trying to, to transform, trying to change, and it's not happening. And I'm saying, dare to dream again. Because it will happen. Yeah. It's a different spirit. Because yeah. yeah. so, who's, who's ever been disappointed that you've prayed and believed and it's not happened? Anybody? Yeah. Read the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. So, so, but that's a spirit in us that says, I'm going for it, but I fail. I'm going for it and it didn't happen. I'm going for it. Jesus, where were you? He says, I'm over here. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. And you think, where are you? Where are you? And, and, and I want to speak into that because it brings dissatisfaction, it, brings, it hurts your faith, uh, it hurts your emotions, I should say. And what we've got to do is we've got to keep believing and keep going. Why? Because God is faithful and he will do it. Yeah. And he will do it. Yeah. But I'm talking about people who never do anything. They just, they, they just know some stuff. They've read something or a daily reading or whatever. And then they're telling everybody how it is. And I'm thinking, unless people can see transformation on their life, they won't believe you. And I want to see greater transformation for us. If God wants me to have money, some people say, he'd send it to me. And that's true. And if he wanted you to comb your hair, he'd come down and comb it for you. <laughs> Same logic, just doesn't make sense. You don't know the things I've got for you, God says. You don't know the things I've got. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. Ne neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has got stored up for you. You, 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 you. And if we'd start to believe that, faith would be birthed in our hearts. Faith brings energy. You just keep going. Even though you get knocked down, you keep going because you're saying, I'm sure God spoke to me in that service. I'm sure that was the Holy Spirit. Yes, it was. Don't, don't, uh, don't doubt it. Keep walking. Just because you, it, it doesn't look right, ignore that. You've just got to keep going. Keep speaking it out. Move towards your vision. Move towards your goal. You see, we've got to challenge our thinking with the word. Joseph didn't have a Bible, but he had parts of the Bible. And the only part of the Bible that will work for you is the part that you know. And the only part of the Bible that will work for you is that part that you believe. So I'm just recapping. All, I just want to just keep stirring all that up because it's important for us to hear it. I'm waiting for God's timing. Don't wait for God's timing. God doesn't decide your seasons in your life. He creates them. So what decides the, the seasons, the change of season in your life? Your decision. What decides your healing? Your decision. You know, if you can't walk, you've got to start moving into the area of walking. If you can't see, there's not a lot you can do because you can do the motor actions and opening your eyes. But you've, you've got to keep moving towards your vision. Yeah. Yes? And so I've had a bad back for two years, oppressed by it. It's dominated my life. It's been awful. And then I've been praying in here. You know, I get people to touch themselves, you know, for, uh, for healing. And I put my hands on my back, and then I forget about it. And then I reminded myself, no, I'm going to do that. I'm going to believe by faith that God heard that prayer. And I started to move into it. And my back has been so much better since. I reached out yesterday, and twinges came in my back, and I froze. And I thought, oh, no, here we go again. And I thought, what have I learned through the pain? 
started taking some deep breaths, doing my exercises. <laughs> so, you know, you've, you've, you, I've learned something through it, but you see, I'm free. And I declare that I'm free. And I'm saying that I'm free. And then sometimes I wake up and I'm thinking, I'm not free. I can feel it in my back. And you've got to roll out to bed. You haven't just got to sit up. That's what chiropractors tell you. So I roll out to bed. It hurts your nose. But I, but I get up and get going again. Why? Because my back's, my back's better. And I bend and I twist and, I'm, and, and I move so that I keep freeing myself up and saying, no, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm healed. And everything attacks me, but I'm healed. Same with my finances. I'm, I'm moving in this, and I'm moving in that, that direction. I'm speaking it in. I'm speaking to anybody that'll listen to me. And I keep going into that direction, debt-free. I'm moving into it, and, and it's coming. And it's fantastic. And I have testimonies that are fantastic. But it, I haven't had the big testimony, and I'm after the big one. Anybody want something big today? Yeah. And it's, you know, we've got to keep believing. Because make your faith work for it. You look after your faith, and your faith will look after you. How do you look after your faith? You read the Bible. Faith comes by. So you've got to strengthen your faith. Pray in another language. God gives a supernatural language to us that you don't have to learn, like French or Spanish or whatever. You can just speak it out. And what it does, it bypasses the mind and reaches into heaven and makes a connection direct with God. It's fantastic. And you speak things out over your future. But what I want to say is this. Where, where, where you are matters as much as who you are. God said to Elijah, move from the brook and go to Zarephath. I've commanded a, window, a widow to provide for you there. And you know, for many of us, we've moved to York. For some of you, you haven't moved to York. You've lived here all your life because you're in the right place. Acts chapter 17. God foreknew where we'd all live and he, he committed to, to moving us into the place where we should live that we might reach out for him and perhaps even find him. So... You know, another scripture says, what situation was you in when you first became a Christian? Stay in that situation. Yeah. The context is about marriage, to be fair. <laughs> Many in early church were saying, I'm a new creation in Christ. My wife's not saved. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want me to be married to a non-Christian. I'll find a, a Christian. No, no. Paul said, no, stay where you are. Yeah. Hold. <laughs> okay, let me, just, let me finish off by going through on your dreams. Dreams, dare to ask God. That's D stands for, sorry, your dream will distinguish you. Your dream, Joseph was distinguished by his court. And he was a dreamer. He was an absolute dreamer. But his dream distinguished him because it was about leadership. And he had to learn leadership. And God gave him a massive dream. At, how old was he? 17. You said, why would you put such a big dream in a young person's heart? You can't trust them. No, no, no. God needed him to be ready at 30, so he dropped the dream in now. I wonder what God's doing in your life. And, you know, many of us write ourselves off because we're too old. And it doesn't even matter how old you are, sometimes you're too old. You know, when you're 10, you're too young to play on the playground with kids, aren't you? It looks strange, you know. When, when you're 18, you, you, you know, if you're hanging around school gates, you know, it'd be like, there's something strange there, because you're, you're too old, really. Only a couple of years too old, but you're too old. So that affects us all, and sometimes we've just got to say, what's my dream, what's my vision? Let that dictate. Dare to ask God for his dream for your life. Joseph got God's dream for his life. Joseph wasn't, I want a car, and I want this, and I want that. That's the incidentals. Luke, Luke chapter uh, uh, 6, is it? 
um, or Matthew chapter 6, 32, Luke chapter 6, 32. You know, the world goes for this, that, and the other, but as for you, seek first the kingdom. Then all these things will be added. That comes in that category. You know, your dream. I, I want to have a coffee shop, or I want to have a car, I want to have a business. I want, that's, and that's good, and God puts desires in our hearts. But really, I want us to look at what's God's dream for our lives. Because he's got a calling that he puts on our lives, like, uh, like Joseph. So dare to ask God for his dream for your life. Dare to dream big dreams. It takes faith to, to have a small dream or a big dream. Might as well have a big one. Yeah? Yeah. The difference between a small dream and a big dream is the ability to handle complexity. So if you want big, you've got to get ready for your mind to be mushed, <laughs> to be stretched and you know, swirled around. And when that happens to some people, they shrink back. And they think, oh, I just want this. And you think, no, come on, that spirit of boldness. Go into your future. And we get timid, oh, I can do without this. You're saying, yeah, you can. And what a legacy you'll leave. Small. Well, I don't, I don't think God wants me to be... You, you keep spiritualizing things. Will you stop it? God is a great commander. And commanders put people under pressure. Did you know that? That's how you grow best. I, I, I write talks better when I'm under pressure. You give me three weeks to write a talk, I'll leave it to the last ten minutes. <laughs> and if I can deliver the talk, I'll leave it to the last two minutes because I don't think I've got this. I'd have got it three weeks before I'm thinking I haven't written anything down, but I've got it. That's if I can communicate it. If I have to produce a document, that drives me nuts. <laughs> dare, for some of you, you've got to dare to dream again. Yeah. Dare to dream again. Listen to this. Pain will change us. Can we have the quote up? Pain will change us. How the pain changes you is up to you. You can come out bitter or you can come out better. Don't just go through it, grow through it. There is purpose in your pain. And Joseph knew the purpose in his pain. It was to bring salvation to many. That's why he's, he's regarded as a, as a picture of Jesus. The closest shadow of Jesus to come is Joseph, betrayed. 20 pieces of, of silver. Jesus was betrayed with 30 pieces of silver. Betrayed, betrayed by his people that were close to him. Jesus was uh, betrayed by Judas. So there's many, many parallels. But you see, you've got to learn through your pain. There is purpose in your pain. God has got to get us to somewhere. You can't have a baby without pain. There's purpose in your pain. And Jesus said, you know, a lack of mother who forgets the pain thinking, how do you forget that pain? Oh, she's got the little bundle now, and when you get, once you've got all, all over the stitches and stuff like that, um, then you, you're like, oh, this is fantastic, this is fantastic. And then within a year or so, it's like, another? <laughs> you must be mental. Well, that's what, well, but that's what it's like having a dream, because you go through the dream, and it's hard work to get there. And once you've got through it, and you've re relaxed a bit, then you think, again? Go again. Don't stop with what you've got. R means that your dream will release your potential. Dream will, it's in you. God has hardwired you. He's set you up in such a way on the inside that when your dream comes through. So, we, you know, we played the, the video of uh, Sue, Susie uh, Boyle. <laughs> Susan Boyle. I dreamed a dream. Da, 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 da. Anyway, she sang the song. And she dreamed the dream, she sang the dream, and she got the dream. It was amazing. And she didn't fit in with all the cool dudes at the front. It's like all pulling the faces. 
That is what will happen to you. People will pull the faces. What, you? She off a council estate. I mean, look, look at her hair. Some little snotty council estate in Scotland that nobody knows. Blackburn. How do I know it's Blackburn? Because I live in Darwin next to Blackburn in England. So where are estates in Blackburn? Did you know that? Did anybody know that? Am I the only one? Did I dream of it? <laughs> but is it true? <laughs> so she, she gets up and she doesn't look the part or anything like that. You know, the Americans can't get enough of her because she represents the American dream. And I'm really chuffed for her. Your dream will release your potential. You don't know what's on the inside of you. You don't know until it comes out. Someday somebody will ask you a question and you'll not know just how passionate you are about church until the right question's asked. And then you think, I can't believe it. And, and, and there's just so much about potential because you can't see it. Potential is, is something that's not been released yet. Potential is what you can be, and I see so much potential wasted because people don't, get, don't break free of the comforts. And if you're from the south of England, you're southern comfort. <laughs> How do you like that? Right in there for a drink. We can't break free of our comfort. We want it easy. Well, if God just bless me with it, he won't, honestly. He won't because he's not a sugar daddy. He's a good dad and dad's discipline. And, and they, they get you going. And if you're going to have strong kids, you can't just keep giving them chocolate all the time or their own way all the time. They have to hear that, that word, no. And it's a word that they don't like. But we have to find that word. And we've got to employ that word ourselves because God will. R, your dream will release your potential. E, your dream will encourage you. It will strengthen you. You know, you may have seen God's blessings in the past, but you haven't touched the surface of what he has in store. The scripture says we haven't seen, heard, or imagined the amazing things God has for those who love him. And that has got to come out. You will need your dream to encourage you. Because you, you, going through your dream, you'll be saying, why am I doing this? One of Tom's biggest bugbirds, one of my biggest bugbirds is this place is empty. And it's us four and no more. And we have a passion to see this place full. But you see, the medicine that we're using or the, the uh, strategy that we're using isn't working. It doesn't work. Otherwise, it'd be full, clearly. So I've just said to Tom, we've got to change, change the strategy. I wonder what it'd be like if we all had to switch on and get that same passion and burden that's saying, we need this filling. Not so that the preacher can have a good and exciting time on a Sunday, oh, that'd be good. Not so that the church can have a great and exciting time, that'd be good. But because people need Jesus and they need this kind of teaching. Because the world says you're rubbish, you've no potential, you're pathetic. And, and if, if you're poor or you're ill, there's nothing for you. Just go and mourn to somebody else because we're busy getting on. And here we're saying, oh, no, no, let the poor say, I am. Let the weak say, I am. Beautiful. Book of Joel again. A, your dream will affect prevailing attitudes. You know, Joseph's brothers couldn't see, even his own dad couldn't see what Joseph could see. And he was 17. Can you see that revelation from God is not dependent on how old you are or how much of the Bible you know? It's not. Joseph was a 17-year-old lad who didn't know his Bible because it wasn't written. And he was immature. And he was an arrogant Torag. All the wrong things. We think we've got to be good enough for God to just do something with us. No, no, no. 
Well, what about the Ten Commandments? Well, it's all about morality and things. We're just talking about, you know, God taking us as we are. And he sees the potential. I look at my sons and I saw potential when they were growing up and I'd draw it out. Of course they were doing this, of course they were doing that. But I kept looking at the potential and drawing it out of them. Draw it out of them. Moses was in, the, in, in a basket in the River Nile, three months old. And there's crocodiles in the River Nile. And his mother had to let him go because they were going to be murdered anyway, so he had nothing to lose. And she let him go in the Nile. And the currents were taking him. And the crocodiles would have smelled him and maybe even come for him. And who's bathing just that day? Who seems to be bathing in the River Nile? And clearly they'd have had a designated area because they don't want Pharaoh's daughter to be eaten by a crocodile. But... <laughs> The point is she's bathing there and then a maid saw a, a baby there and pulls it in and you know, she, she, she drew Moses out of the water. That's what Moses mean, means. It means to, to be drawn out. And God wants to draw out the Moses in you, the leader in you. God wants to draw out the potential in you. There'll be somebody there. You know, I've said people are like elevators. Well, Pharaoh's daughter was like an elevator to baby Moses. You know, God's called, called Moses and Moses hasn't done anything. He's just pooing and weeing and eating. That's all he can do because he's three months old. And God calls us not because we're brilliant, not because we can sing or preach or play a guitar or counsel people or have a listening heart and all that. He doesn't. He's not, he doesn't call us because we're brilliant. He just calls us. He said to Jeremiah, you know, before you're in the mother's womb, I called you to be a prophet to the nations. King David was called eight years before he was born to be king. God said to Samuel, I've got somebody in mind, a man after my own heart, wasn't even born. Wasn't, there was another king, King Saul, that was, that, that was ruling. And God says, I've rejected this one, but I've called somebody. So, we, so forget think being good enough. Forget all that. Forget being saintly enough. Forget all that. Let's meet the raw God who comes to the raw people. And he just says, oh, you've got it in bucket loads. And you're thinking, do you think so? And it's everything he's not thinking about. <laughs> I'm good looking. I can speak. I can sing. I can play piano. I can, you know, whatever it is your gift is. He just sees the raw potential and he has to pull it out. Then he has to, he has to bring you trouble. He, when God gives you the dream or the vision, he schedules an enemy. David had to fight Goliath. Why? Because God's now working on that raw material, that potential, and he's drawing it out of him. What trouble are you going through today? Start to thank God for it. If it's from the devil, he'll take it away. <laughs> he'll, take his, he'll take his suitcase of bad things and walk out of your life because he doesn't want God to get the, the glory for anything. You start to thank God for your troubles and God will start to polish your life up with them troubles. More than po polish is nice, he'll strengthen your life. He'll fix some things in your life. He'll get you to fix some things in your life. He'll get you to handle your money better, to speak better about people, to treat your wife or your husband better. Why? Because you're having to, he's getting you ready. You've been in the backwaters, but he's getting ready to bring you into the foreground. And you don't, it's not an age thing. David was a teenager when he fought Goliath and he went right onto the national platform. So I'm just saying, I want to just burst boundaries. I want, to, I want to stop allowing us to have permission to stay where we are. I want to keep smashing things all over so that when I finish preaching, you think there's total devastation in my mind. I can't seem to get away from it. I have to move forward. I have to have faith. Yes, 
It's the kind of church I want. Yeah. Otherwise, you become sermon tasters. Yeah. Or you become the kind of, hmm, I'm not so sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm very sure. And the closer you get to the heart of global, it's black and white. Yeah. We're fuzzy around the edges, but at the heart, we're black and white. And it's faith in Jesus. And people need to hear the gospel. Yeah. That's the heart of us. Well, what about my dream? Well, that's okay. But what about God's dream? God so loved the world. Yeah that he gave his only son. Let's get on his page. Yeah. Let's go and reach people. This place needs to be full. Yeah. It needs to be full. If you're enjoying it, why not tell somebody else, well, they might reject me. Oh, please, go and get over it. Did you never get rejected when you were younger? You haven't chatted up enough girls. <laughs> I've been rejected by the best. Here we go. Last of all, your dream will motivate you because motivation runs out, doesn't it? One last great quote by a man called Joel Osteen. He's fantastic. He says, don't be hard-headed and keep going through the same pain again and again. You're doing yourself a disservice to go through a painful time and not come out with what you were supposed to gain. This is powerful stuff. There's a lesson in the pain. Don't keep repeating the same mistakes. And, you know, when, when you're supposed to have a document, like for, I have tenants, and I'm supposed to have about three documents that I give me tenants. And every time I write a new tenancy agreement, I think, oh, then three documents. And I think it's becoming law now. And so, so I have to go through it. I have to go through the pain of being bothered. And that's not, that's not because my tenants can't read. My tenants are very bright people, and they've got good jobs, most of them. But it's just because it's like, so what? But you see, I've got to go through that pain if I'm going to be a good landlord. I've, I've got to deal with my finances when it comes in, that that comes into that account, that goes into that account, and I've got to learn the pain. I've got to go through the pain to get there. Otherwise, you keep going round every month, and it's like, where, where, did, I, where did I put that? And if, you haven't, if you're not developing your systems in your life, and I've used the mother's system of getting the clothes done, if you've not developed your systems you're going to go through the same pain every week. And it's either the pain of getting organized and keeping organized, or the pain of not being organized and being scatty, and it's all over the show. Never thought I'd ever hear myself talking like this. But it's true. I remember Shelley, every Sunday night, she would iron 15 shirts. We have three sons, and they were all at school. So they had five shirts each, yeah? <laughs> she ironed 15 shirts. But she had a system. Every week, she had a system for food. She still does. Well, it's, it's more relaxed now, but, but she, you know, the, she's, she's on it. Last night, she cooked today's lunch, last night, because she's trained herself over the years. She doesn't go through the pain of going, oh, I haven't got that in me. Oh, I haven't got that in me cupboard. She's thought before she goes shopping, what do I need? Can you see how basic it is? But life's like this, and you've got to get your systems in place, filling your car up. If you've got a Tesco things, you know, and you, you, you can mount up your, your stuff with Tesco's, you know, your finances and things, then keep doing it at Tesco's. It makes sense. Do your shopping there. Well, I can get bread 10 pence cheaper. I have some perspective as well, <laughs> somewhere else. But, you know, stay with Tesco's and make it happen. Just three things to finish with. When it comes to your dream, plan it out. Plan your day, plan your week, plan your month, plan your year, plan and, you know, into two or three years. Plan. Plan your day. I didn't plan last week and I, and I felt it. But I didn't achieve what I needed to get done. I was irritated. It's because I was, trying, I was catching my tail. 
because I hadn't really thought it through. And to be fair to me, I had some things that were out of my control that went wrong. But, but the point is, is that, you know, plan it out. You'll enjoy your day if you've hit your targets. You might not be a target people. I'm not particularly that. I'm, I'm a kind of one thing that I'm, I want to get done. But you know, we've got to have the small things in place because it's the small things that will trip you up. Plan it out. Pray it out. Because as you're praying, answers come. You start praying and asking for things. All of a sudden, a thought comes to you. And you think, oh yeah. Pray it out. When you talk it out with God, God's answer often comes back. And then lay it out. The Lord replied to Habakkuk, write down the, the revelation and make it plain on tablets so the, the herald or the preacher may run with it. Write it down, make it plain. What's your dream? What are you wanting to do? If you're having a baby, plan it out. How are you going to work when that baby comes? How, how are you going to work your life, I mean, when that baby comes? What are your systems? When we go into winter, if you keep putting things over a, over a, a radiator, you get mold on the walls and you're getting all sorts of other problems. Think about it. Just, these are just little things. But you know what? That makes your house smell. It, it's not good for your lungs neither. Isn't more. I'm just giving you, these are so, such practical things. Maybe you go to work on a bike and you don't need a car because you've got a bike and you save a lot of money by doing that. Have you thought about how much it costs you to run that bike? Are you putting money aside so that when that tyre pops or when you need an overall on your bike or whatever it is, that it's there? Yeah? Same with your car, with the MOT. Get your systems in place. Plan it out, pray it out, lay it out, and last of all, act it out. Act it out. Always keep moving in line with your vision. Keep speaking it out. Keep talking about your vision. People call me a dreamer. Some of my family members are like, oh, that was Dave. You know, even at one of my son's weddings, I wouldn't believe it, one up family turned around and goes, he's such a dreamer. The problem was, the guy that I was talking to had just got this Christian television station going in Europe, and he was talking about me. He said, you know, if you're ever over, why don't you come and do something on, on the station? And he's talking to a man that's a dreamer. And this man looked at me as if to say, and he didn't know who, how, that, that we were related. And he was about to defend me. Well, he did actually. He just said, well, you don't get anywhere without a dream. And, I, and I'm going, what are you like, you? You know, as if to say, you know, we, gosh. He'd walk right into the, 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 the audience. nest. why? Because in that way, it was full of dreamers, full of visionaries. And they enjoyed what I had to say. It resonated with them. Because it does. Dreamers find each other. But you see, you'll have that. There'll be people in your family that go, what, you? Just one prayer you need to pray this week. Lord, draw it out of me. Lord, draw it out. I'm lazy. I can't be bothered. Draw it. Help me. Help me. Help me to get motivated. Help me, Lord. Move towards your vision. And let's all move as a church towards his vision the saving of multitudes that are on the way to a Christless eternity. Wow. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 